Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have two-time MVP, Milwaukee Bucks forward, and NBA superstar, Giannis, the Greek freak, Attentacumpo. Coming up, I talked to Giannis about his family's journey from Nigeria to Greece, how he fell in love with basketball and eventually became obsessed with the game, and the new film by Disney based on his incredible life story called Rise. Up next, Giannis Attentacumpo. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I'm so excited about this week's show. This week's theme is Rise Above It All. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But there will come a moment in your life when you are as low as you've ever been before. Trust me, I've been there. Whether it's because of your own actions or because that's just how the cards have been dealt to you. At that point, you'll have one choice. Rise up or stay down. How we get to these low points matter, of course. But it's not the most important thing here. What's the most important thing is what we do when we feel powerless and rebuilding anything seems impossible. I love this quote by the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Everything negative is all an opportunity for me to rise. Those challenges and pressure can be used as fuel to push you to stand up and take action. And this could look like a lot of things, but like they tell you when you get on the airplane, secure your mask first. You must set goals for you. Then, are you able to help another family member situation by taking a side job? Or is it working on ways to improve your mental and physical health? Even if the odds are stacked against you, remember that greatness is still within your reach. And all you have to do first is want it. My next guest knows about the desire to achieve things beyond the ordinary. Giannis Antetokounmpo is a global basketball superstar, gifted Milwaukee Bucks player, 
has the nickname Greek Freak, but also is one of the most genuine people I've ever met. Coming up, I talked to the Greek Freak about his sense of humor and how it's become an icebreaker during his post-game press conferences, what it felt like to go from being injured to dominating the 2021 NBA Finals, and how he's determined to give everything he has to the game. Up next, the Greek Freak, Giannis Atentacumpo. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next guest is the definition of a superstar, two-time MVP, NBA champion, the Greek freak, Giannis Atentacumpo is joining the show. Thank you, my brother, for taking the time. Thank you for having me. So your family's story truly defies the odds and it's hitting the big screen in a new film by Disney called Rise. Tell us about the film and why you were excited to do it. Obviously, when uh, Disney came uh, my way and gave me the opportunity, you know, to uh, portray my movie, to make, you know, make a movie about my family's life, you know, I couldn't say no. Um, not you know, not just about me. It's about you know the sacrifice that my parents made, you know, early in their their life in order for us to be in the position that we are today, me and my brothers. You know, because without them we wouldn't be here. So um, it's going. To be, I can't wait for to share it with you guys. Uh, you guys are gonna love it. I can't wait to see it. The movie follows the Atentacumpo brothers and their unlikely journey from Nigeria to Greece to being the first trio of siblings to win NBA championship. So give us a snapshot of what it was like for you as you transitioned from Nigeria to Greece. So, so you'll see in the movie, uh, I should not share it too much, but I, w- I was born and raised in Greece. So my parents came from Nigeria to Greece, you know, and uh, obviously there was legal uh, immigrants in Greece, and they chose to, you know, born us there and raise us there. Uh, and it was very hard for them because they stayed there for 20 years until I got drafted. Uh, and they made a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sacrifices, you know, uh, in order for us to, to be here, but just to provide for us in daily basis. So, uh, yeah, as I said, it was hard. It was hard for them, and without them, it wouldn't be this position that we are today. You know, uh, what I had to see uh, my parents go through uh, in daily basis, having fear to go out there, to walk in the streets of Athens, you know, without having the right paperwork, you know, be a, being afraid to be stopped by the police and being sent home, you know, not knowing what's going to happen for the, uh, uh, what's going to happen to their kids, you know. So just having that fear the whole their whole life and seeing that as a, as a young kid, you know, in uh, Greece, you know, it motivated me to be who I am today. You know, it motivated me and my brothers to be able to go out there and find opportunities, create opportunities for ourselves to provide for our family. You know, um, but at the end of the day, you know, we did that. Uh, we got all the motivation that we had today through our parents. 
uh, and the rest is history. Absolutely. And this incredible film, I want everybody to go check out Rise exclusively on Disney+. Plus. I saw a story about you falling in love with the game and you were sleeping in the gym. Can you recall what those years were like for you and for your brothers falling in love with the game and literally sleeping in the gym? So let me, let me take you back. You know, uh, my dad was a soccer player. And, um, you know, I loved soccer. I wanted to be a soccer player bad. I wanted to be just like my dad. But the Nassis, my older brother, you know, he got approached by a coach and told him, like, hey, you can be a great basketball player. Why don't you come and try out? And, you know, as a 12-year-old, I want to spend time with my brother. I want to be around my brother. So I went with him. I was like, I'm coming with you. He was like, no, you know, stay home. You know, I'm like, no, I want to spend time with you. I'm coming with you. And, you know, when I got to the gym, First of all, it was an indoor court. I was surprised because I only knew how to play outdoor. You know, I played soccer outdoor. And then, you know, my, my experience that I had with basketball was outdoor. So I was like, oh, indoor gym. They have AC. I'm good. You know? So, so, so. but at first, I'm like, man, I don't want to play no sport with using my hands. You know, because I always play with my feet playing soccer. So when I got there six months, it took me six months I kind of disappeared. I stopped playing. I was with my mom. I was helping my mom. I was selling stuff in the street with my mom. I'm going to different um, areas around the office, going to different cities, uh, and selling with my mom and my dad. And then it was like, yo, like your brother is doing really well. You should join him. And then I went back uh, maybe like a year later, and then I started falling in love with the game. You know, and then I realized I can be good at this. You know, I can be good at this. And then when I saw, you know, the journey that my parents had, the sacrifice they made, how much dedicated they were, you know, uh, I was like, I'm going, like, I'm going to make it. Like, I'm going to sleep in the gym. I'm going to walk to the gym. I'm not going to eat. I really don't care. You know, I'm just going, you know, go at anybody that's in front of me uh, because I wanted to provide so bad for my little brothers, for, for my parents, for myself. Uh, so I kind of dedicated myself. And I fall in love with it. And I not just fall in love, I got obsessed with it. I think I'm obsessed with the basketball. Like I, right now, I wake up, sleep, eat, drink basketball, you know, which is sometimes it's not, it's not, that, it's not that attractive, but it's who I am. It, it makes me who I am. It makes me who I am. You know, uh, my significant other tells me all the time, all my family tells me all the time, like, stop talking about basketball for like two hours, you know, but that's when the spark started. Know, when I was 13 and a half. I was there when you got drafted. And usually MVPs don't come out of the stands when they hear their names called and then go on to be a champion. So what was it like for you watching your journey as an underdog in a lot of ways? People didn't know the kind of player or work ethic you had, but also understanding that not only did you love the game, but you wanted to play the game to change your family's dynamic. Yeah. Anybody that was around me uh, and who knew me would know, you know, would know how much I love the game. And, you know, if you, if, if you like spend the time and had the conversation with me back then, you'll know that I'll give everything for the game. 
you know. And so people say that, but they don't really mean it. You know, uh, I, I remember I met my first uh, player development coach and he was, he told me like, come at 10, 10 a.m. And I was 18. Any 18 year old wants to sleep, play a video game. I was there at eight. He was like, what are you doing here? I was like, coach, you told me come at 10 a.m. I'm here at eight. I, I want this, you know. And as you said, like, nobody would believe, you know, uh, or believe uh, everything that I've accomplished until this uh, moment of my career, you know. Even my closest friends don't believe, you know. But at the end of the day, like, I, I, I want this, you know. And I love this and... Um, I want to know that when I, uh, I go to the sunset, I've gave everything to the game. You know, that's the only way I'm going to be satisfied. Not about, you know, what I've accomplished. Not about I got drafted. Not about, you know, um, MVPs or championship. I want to know that I gave everything for the game, you know. I want to work with, uh, like Kenny, Kenny, you know, Kenny Smith from uh, TNT. I want to work with, with the limp out of the court, you know. <laughs> you, you, oh, you will. You playing five positions, getting up and down the court like you are, you definitely will. And I have to ask you about something because it was monumental for me last year in the NBA Finals. So you got injured during the Hawks. And for yeah. those that don't know, Giannis is basically a seven-footer. And when he jumps above the rim, that's like 13 to 14 feet. And you landed awkwardly and you injured your knee. Most yeah. people, when that happens, that could be career-defining or definitely season-ending. So what was it like for you to go from being injured to playing in the NBA Finals, dominating the way you did, and ultimately being Finals MVP and a champion? I, I, I wanted it. You know, I, I, I wanted That's what I wanted. You know, I came back in six days, seven days. I was ready. I was Crazy. ready for Game 7. You know, after game six, um, thank, thank God I had great teammates, great team. We built great culture. We had great winning habits. I was able to win two games. But uh, if we were had put ourselves in a position to play game seven, I was ready. You know, uh, and at the end of the day in life, it's about if you really want it or not. You know, I wasn't thinking about the pain, uh, which I had a lot of pain. I just wanted to be a part of playing in the NBA final. From where I've come and where I've, I am right now, just being able to play. Some people just, you know, uh, just hear about the NBA finals. You know, um, some people just come and watch the NBA finals. Some people watch the NBA finals at home, being able to play a minute in the NBA finals. That's all, all, that's what all my mindset, you know, and that gave me dopamine, you know, to continue. I wasn't feeling the pain. You know, uh, the first couple of games, I was in a lot of pain. But then when the, the dopamine hit, I was like, man, I'm playing. You know, we're down 2-0, but it doesn't matter. Like, I can tell my kids, I can tell my grandkids, I've played in the NBA Finals. Then, you know, and then we started winning, and then it was, the, the rest is history. But at the end of the day, you know, I think there was like a social experiment with like five people, and they put like a basket in front of them. And they asked them, what do you really want in life? And uh, they said, a guy said, a car. The other guy said, I want you to pay my mortgage. The other guy said, I want a brand new penthouse or whatever the case may be. The other person said, I want a million dollars. And they said, okay, whatever you want in that basket is in there. But uh, there's a bunch of snakes and scorpions and, you know, spiders in that basket. Guess how many people put their hand in there? One. 
And I'm one of those people. I'm just going to put my hand in it because I know what I want, you know. And if that's what I want, I don't care if I, I get beat. I don't care if I feel pain. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if there's a wall in front of me. I'm going to go right through it, you know. Uh, and guess what? There was nothing in there. There was, no, there was no spiders. There was no snakes. There was no scorpions. Nothing in there, man. So wow. Pain, pain is just here. You know, you feel it today. But as you said, the, who said this? Um, Chris Thomas, I think, is a motivational speaker. He said, like, pain is temporary, but when you win, it's going to last forever. And that, was, that was exactly the case. I feel if Middleton was healthy... You guys would have beat the Celtics and had a legitimate chance to go back to back, regardless who who won the West. However, the Boston Celtics won the East after advancing against you guys, played against the Golden State Warriors, and ultimately Steph Curry now has his fourth championship. I know your competitive spirit. You just discussed how playing in the NBA Finals meant so much to you. What was it like for you watching the NBA Finals, knowing that Middleton was injured when y'all lost to the Celtics? And let me let me be totally honest with you, Jalen. Like I, I don't watch basketball. Mm. You know, I get I get too tense. You know, uh, I I sleep, drink, eat, wake up basketball. So if I watch basketball, I'm literally when I sit on the couch and put on the TV, I'm sweating. You know, and I. I've decided a couple of years now not to watch basketball no more because it gets too much. But obviously, I know that the you know the Warriors won the championship. You know, congrats to to them and uh, they worked extremely hard, uh, played through adversity. Uh, they've been together ten years. They've had a great decade. It's unbelievable. It's a dynasty. Um, and Steph Curry, there's nobody I think in the in the world right now that deserves that trophy more than him. You know, he played, he played his butt off, uh, uh, and I'm happy for them. But obviously, yeah, you still have that uh, little bit of a, of a pain, knowing that if uh, Chris, you know, played, uh, we would have probably uh, be there. But at the end of the day, that's life. You know, um, it's always going to be there, but that's life. You know, at the end of the day, I, I trust God that put me in a position, put us in a position to, you know, be successful, put us where we have to be. And next year we have another opportunity to be great. And then hopefully we can stay healthy and, uh, you know, be great. I've always admired you on and off the floor. And it's amazing that this story is going to be told about you and your family. Again, it's the new Disney film called Rise. Make sure everybody check it out. I have to ask, while you're so very intense and serious about basketball, you're actually lighthearted and fun. So talk about the origin of eating chicken wings at the press conference. <laughs> so you're not going to see it in the movie, but the first time I came to the States, you know, we you watch a lot of uh, Nickelodeon show, a lot of uh, Disney show, a lot of um, Greek show, uh, have, not Greek shows, American shows, sorry, that a lot of people eat chicken wings. So I got in uh, New York with my brother. I was like, yo, let's go, let's go get the chicken wings, man. They say it's it's fire. So we went and we grabbed uh, chicken wings. We got like a big cup of soda. And we're just like, we're American now. You know, <laughs> welcome to New York. But hey, I just tried to keep it, 
keep it light, keep the environment light. I think we sometimes it gets too intense. Uh, we play so many games. You know, I cannot, you know, be in every press conference just like with a suit and a tie and be proper, you know, every single time. So I just try to like, you know, uh, how, you, how you call it, break the ice a little bit. And also the dad jokes. Where did the dad jokes come from as it relates to sharing them with the media? I just had a joke one day. I was like, you guys want to hear a joke? And they said, yeah. And I just said a joke. And after that, they would just keep asking for more. <laughs> I was like, okay, I got another one. <laughs> you know, but I have a joke right now. If uh, in Father's Day, I don't, even yes. in Father's Day, in Father's Day, if I don't get uh, a present, I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna kick my kids, my significant other, out of the house. <laughs> That's my joke. <laughs> I better get a present. Well, I gotta tell you, an American secret is not so much of a secret. We don't normally treat Father's Day the way people treat Mother's Day. So don't be so disappointing that the world doesn't stop for us fathers on Father's Day. Have you experienced that yet? Yeah, I always get some socks and some underwear. Something to cook, like yeah. something to clean. <laughs> yeah, a book about how can I be a great father. It's high. <laughs> I'm like, can, can, I, can I have, like, at least give me a T-shirt or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Man. Welcome to fatherhood in the United States. I appreciate you taking the time. You're a superstar on and off the floor. You always be gracious with the media as a leader with your teammates and then a great ambassador for the game in your home country. But before I let you get out of here, I have a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this? Let's do it. As I mentioned, you carry a book of dad jokes. Which joke in your opinion is always a winner? A joke that's always a winner? Yep, your favorite dad joke. One that you can always go, it's like your go-to move. What's brown and sticky? Well, I, I guess I can't say doodle. Stick. <laughs> oh, oh, you, what would you what would you think? What would you think doodle, man? You got a dirty mind. Come on. Yeah, well, brown is sticky. I mean, that's what <laughs> I did. I don't know. All right, how about this? What's something about America that still bewilders you or has you wondering, like, wow, y'all do that here in America? <sighs> oh man. Oh. Gotta think about that one. That's a good one. Um, I saw you eating fast food. I saw you eating wings. Ah, uh, yeah. How big? How big? Uh, the soda cups are. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, it's big, and you guys have refills. I'm yes. Like, I, I can't even finish this. Like, how? Why would I refill? <laughs> yeah. Too much sugar. They're trying to give away diabetes in the cup. We know beer isn't your go-to drink. But what other food or beverage you've tried and you were actually disappointed? Disappointed? Yeah, you was like, I uh, want to taste this or drink that and didn't like it once you tried it. Onion rings. Oh, you don't like onion rings? Got it, got it. I like grilled onions. I don't necessarily like onion rings. I'm rolling yeah. with They're too thick. They're too nasty. And but lastly, but certainly not least. What part of your new film rise are you most looking forward to people seeing? There's a scene uh, in the first four minutes of the movie about uh, I don't want to give you guys everything, but it's about me and my it's about my mom and my dad just trying to navigate the situation 
and what's the do the working in the sunset together like i love i love that part in the movie but you guys will see what i'm talking about well i appreciate you taking the time big fella i know it's a crazy off season for you looking forward to the new project rise on disney plus appreciate the love greek freak have a great day my brother thanks a lot thank you thank you all love Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Giannis for stopping by the podcast. His journey and the journey of his family from the streets of Athens to NBA stardom is unbelievable. One thing that stuck out to me about Giannis and his story is that when he first met his player development coach, he was expected to come in at 10 a.m., but instead he showed up two hours early. He wanted to show that he was serious about playing this game. And his actions were loud and clear with that message. From the beginning, Giannis wasn't just talking about his abilities or letting his ego run the show. He was actually putting in the time and showing coaches and anybody that was watching or listening that he was willing to give everything he had on the floor. I always say this. Sometimes I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are so loud. Do more. Say less. What is something you're ready to sacrifice everything to have? Is it your education, your business, your favorite sport? Whatever it is, don't just show up. Show up early. Stay late. Be ready to put in the work. The only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. Because as the old saying goes, pain is temporary, but victory is forever. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week. <laughs>